Earlier this week, I sat down with Linus Pedersen, a Swedish sports journalist who is well-versed in BK Hacken, to find out the strengths, the weaknesses, and how they're really thinking about the tie against Aberdeen. This is taken from our full podcast this week, which obviously you should go and listen to right away. But this will give you the lowdown on Thursday's opponents in 15 minutes. Enjoy. Uh, so Linus, the, the side that Aberdeen face on Thursday, they have a, a different manager from the one that led Hacken to third in the league last season. But it's not because the board panicked with the team at the bottom of the table, was it? Uh, no, not really. But they might have if the coach weren't transferred to, to Odense in Denmark. I, I think he might have been fired. But uh, this was the best solution for all parties. Uh, Andreas Alm, who coached Hacken uh, last season and the start of this season, got a new challenge in a new club. And, and Hacken got the opportunity to bring in a new coach and, and some new energy. So... It was a good solution. The new coach chosen was Per Matthias Hogmo. Was this something of a surprise choice? Because, I mean, obviously he's well known in Scandinavia, um, formerly being Norway manager, experienced previously in the Ask, uh, Ask Scan, but he had been out of club management for a while. Yeah, it was a surprise choice because uh, the names that, that kind of came out and the rumours circulating about was, was Swedish managers. And Jens Gustafsson, uh, I don't know if he's familiar in Scotland, but he was one of the, the biggest names uh, connected to the club. But they, um, they chose another way. They used an external party, a consulting company, you can call it, uh, who helped them take a, take a profile and, and describe what kind of coach they wanted. And then they also helped, helped the club find the right coach. So in that sentence, they made a really detailed, detailed work and find Pematias because they think he's the right one. Uh, so surprised, yes, but also no. So what qualities were it, uh, was it about Permateus that um, attracted them? Was it a style of play? Was it his ability to bring on young players? Is there something in particular that the board said that they were looking for that uh, Permateus fitted the role? I think it's just uh, winning games. I mean, that's the most important <laughs> thing at all. Uh, and the biggest problem I can have had in the, these years. He, he actually, a couple of years ago, took over Djurgården in the Swedish league. And they were in the in almost exact similar situation. They were very hyped before the season. A lot of people thought they were going to be at the top of the table. And then they just collapsed. And then Per Matthias and also Martin Foiston came in and they transformed the team. And they built the team up and they finished seventh in the league that time from the bottom of the table. And this is almost the same thing now with Beko Hecken. Uh, so he's done it before. And the actually funny thing is that he did it in Djurgården by building a really strong squad. They read poetry for each other, they danced ballet, and they kind of challenged each other to, to build a strong group. And I think that is maybe the biggest part that they go for him. He's done it before, and he's really, really good at building a good squad. I mean, when the draw was made um, a few weeks ago, Hacken were obviously at the foot of the table. Um, was this uh, some of your false position anyway, based on how they'd been playing up to that point and obviously the talent that is in their squad that had finished third last year. Oh, they, they were... Everyone, I think everyone was disappointed with the start of the season. I mean, um, a lot of people thought, me included, that they were going to be challenging for the title this season uh, and they just collapsed. And I mean, they didn't win any of the first seven games. Uh, and with that squad they got, they should be in the top of the table. Maybe not the first place, but just challenging. So it was a big failure, and I don't know if anyone really knows what went wrong. 
So we're definitely facing one of the better teams in Sweden because that's the thing sometimes about these sides with a with a summer league that um, when it comes to European games the following season, it can be a completely different team. Now, obviously, it is in a way because it's a different manager and a different way of playing, but uh, there hasn't been a complete overhaul in terms of the players. It's still a really good, strong group of players. Yeah, sure it is. And I, I would say it's one of the best teams here in Sweden. Uh, I think I don't think you should look at the league table that much because they are better than it shows there. And uh, like you said, the squad is almost the same as last year. Even better, I think. Uh, I mean, we, we might go into individual players later on, but they brought home Alexander Jaromeyev, who was maybe the biggest star of the team before the season. Uh, a lot of people, me included again, thought that he would be the, the last piece of the puzzle for them to win the league. But... Um, well, the start of the season wasn't that good, and, and maybe the title has gone gone from them. But uh, still, a good team with a very young and talented squad. Well, let's let's talk a bit more about that squad before talking about how they've played the first few games under the new coach. Um, as far as Scottish fans, probably the most recognisable name will be Martin Olsen, who was at Blackburn earlier in his career, highly experienced Swedish international at left back. Um, Eunice Toivio, obviously part of a very sol- solid Finnish central defence, uh, went to the Euros. Um, but who else in that side should we be looking out for? Oh, they have a lot of, if you just talk generally, they have an offensive side with a lot of young players, a lot of young players with a lot of speed, a lot of technique, uh, a lot of selling potential. So there are a lot of players to watch out for there. Maybe the most important player is, is a midfielder called Erik Freiberg. Uh, he's been playing in Serie A and MLS for a lot of years. Um, he's old now, <laughs> but still good. Uh, he's kind of the the heart in the in the game building play. Uh, so he, he was out with an injury um, some of the last game of the spring, and that really shown us all how important he is for this team. His passing skills. He's uh, he's got a lot of hockey assists. You know, he's uh, he, mm-hmm. he's behind a lot of goals. Uh, but it doesn't seem see you can't see it in the statistics really. Uh, so I would point at him, and I will also point at the goalkeeper uh, Peter Abramson, um, who is uh, one of the best keepers in in the the league. Uh, he's been uh, out with a knee injury uh, for for about a year now, but he's back uh, and he seems he looks really good again. Um, some people say he should be in the national team, but <laughs> he's not there yet. But he's, he's really, really good and, and a key player as well. About the recent uh, recent games, again, just looking from afar, looking at the stats, it's three wins from three. It's very impressive because two of them have been away from home and they've been against decent quality sides in the league as well. But looking at the stats, it seems that they've those wins have come despite not having as much of the ball as the opposition. Is that... Has that been by accident or has it been by design? Basically, the new coach coming in, realising that he needs his team to be compact and solid and maybe playing on the counter-attack. Yeah, it's, it's funny you said that. I was actually, uh, just a couple of minutes ago, uh, looking at the statistics and they had had like 39, 34 and 34 <laughs> in, in possession in these last three games. And that's not like Hecken. <laughs> but um, Pamatias has said that they, they want to control the games. That's his kind of goal. Uh, but but at the start, and with these, like you said, tough games they have had, I think they have focused on the defense uh, to put that pieces together. And then, like I said before, they have a lot, a lot of speedy players. A lot of players, young players, 
with speed, and they are dangerous on the counter-attacks. And they are, he, Permatias has really used that. He has played with, with two strikers mostly, and he has just, the, the first players in the squad, he has just told them, play, play strikers. Uh, he has put up wingers, he has put up almost anything at the top, and just focus on defense and then counter-attacks. So I don't think that it is a coincidence that it has looked like this, but I don't think it will look like that in the, for the long term, if you understand what I mean. Uh, but on Thursday, definitely. Yeah, so it, we can expect it to be a, a continuation of what we've maybe seen from them or what our coaching team will have watched them play solid, focusing on not conceding too many goals, but breaking at pace very quick on the counter-attack. Okay, just speaking more generally about Swedish teams in Europe, you look back at the recent record of Hacken, they've qualified like Aberdeen quite frequently for the qualifying rounds of the Europa League and now the Conference League in recent years, but seem to have hit a ceiling. They seem to have always kind of gone out in the second qualifying round. Again, has that just been bad luck in the draw or has it just been symptomatic of the way that Swedish sides have maybe struggled to um, progress in Europe in the last few years? Because if you look at the standings of the league, Sweden are down in, in 22nd in the uh, UEFA standings. I think it's a combination. I mean, first, if you look at Hecken, they have had a really tough draw in the last couple of years. I mean, they played Red Bull Leipzig uh, in 2018-19, and they had Oseta Alkmaar in <laughs> 19-20. So, I mean, uh-huh. there are tough opponents that Hecken shouldn't beat. Uh, so that that is the bad luck with the draw. Um, but then, as well, it's been a lot of discussion here in Sweden about... Uh, adapting to the European Cups and the style of playing there because it's it's not the same uh, as in the league. It's a lot about talking about uh, playing a little bit more dirty, if you know what I mean, a little bit mm-hmm. more cynical. And uh, I think Swedish clubs have had a little bit problem with that. Um, that kind of transition going for a league game to a European game because I don't think it's the same. Uh, I, th- I think you need to handle the games in different ways. I mean, these are two games, uh, it's, it's win or lose. In the league, you, you kind of have the time to repair some of the mistakes. So yes, I think uh, Swedish clubs have had a little bit problem uh, with European games. Um, but looking at Hecken, they have also have had a bad luck with, with the drawing. I suspect they'll be thinking that they've had a bit more luck this time around. I, I, I'm, I think we here in Aberdeen are quite weary because we haven't started our season yet. Hacking are obviously mid-season, but um, I expect that locally in Gothenburg, people probably expect Hacking to progress in this tie, no? Mm, not so sure, but it could have it could have been a badder draw. I mean, mm-hmm. Wilson Boy was there, FC Copenhagen was there, I do split, I mean... I think the Hecker fans was kind of happy with the draw. Uh, I think they see it as a good opportunity to, to go through, but but I don't think they see themselves as favourites. Uh, I think they see it as, a, like I said, a good chance to move on, but I think they also understand that it will be a tough game. And even if they are in a good role now with a new coach, um, it's a tough one playing uh, a lot of games now. I think they have like five games in, in two weeks, so... It will be tough, uh, but uh, a good opportunity. 
Uh, and watching the highlights from the last few games, it's been noticeable that fans are back in the stadium in, in Sweden. So full capacity yet or is there still restrictions? No, it's not the full capacity yet. It's uh, it's restriction, but um, but it's getting more and more. And, and I was at IFK Gothenburg playing yesterday. Uh, they had uh, a little bit over 9,000 uh, at the stadium and it was it was wonderful. I mean, these are the things we have been missed, uh, missed the most uh, in these hard times. And just just be at the stadium, just walk into a stadium and see all the fans uh, outside and then inside singing, screaming. Uh, it's wonderful. Then you also should know that Beko Hecken is, is not the biggest uh, club in Sweden uh, regarding supporters. Um, they, have, uh, they are growing, but they are very, very small. Um, among the smallest in the league, actually. Uh, so there won't be any... <laughs> and a big atmosphere at the, at the stadium when, when Aberdeen is coming. Well, uh, as I say, Linus, it's a, it's a great shame that uh, the away support um, can't make it to these games. I think the um, small but loyal support of Hacken, if they'd come to Aberdeen, they would have had a great reception and a good time. And uh, I know Aberdeen fans are very disappointed at missing out and going to Gothenburg. Um, thank you very much for your time this morning. Oh, no problem at all. So I thought that was great from Linus. Really interesting insight into how Hacking are kind of evolving under the new manager and obviously some of the names to look out for. Despite that and the obvious confidence within the Hacking camp, let's hope that Aberdeen can come out on top over the two legs. Come on, you Reds.